Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, Tam. What's up? How are you? How was your weekend? Oh, the weekend. Okay, we got to get something else going. We say the same thing every week. Hi, Tam. How are you? How was your weekend? (laughs) Exactly. Weekend was great. I don't know. Okay, if you follow our Twitter account, you already know that one half of all turns, no breaks. I guess I'm the no breaks. You're the all turns. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> or I could be the no breaks because I'm, <laughs> I'm never stopping. I'm always on yeah, the Yeah, I think you're the no breaks because yeah. while I was in Indianapolis at the Indy 500, I'm sure Renee was partying. Because you went to Vegas, right? I did go to Vegas. He went back to Vegas. <laughs> so Renee was partying again in Vegas. You know, if I keep going to Vegas the way I do, I'm, I'm going to end up living in my car. I got <laughs> to stop going to Vegas. <laughs> Well, Renee, what did you do in Vegas? Actually, I didn't gamble. That was number one. So that was perfect. Me and a buddy, we went to a day pool party in, uh, during the day, obviously. And then we did a show that night. So it was actually really just kind of business and pleasure. One day, one night, came right back. While most people would say, oh, I didn't party. I just gambled. Renee said, I didn't gamble. I just partied. That's oh, right. by the way, and I did go for work, but <laughs> I was too busy partying. I think I'm going to invent Partiers Anonymous. Yeah. Can I, you say that? Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I could be the CEO of that particular thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So I'm going to let Renee ponder his partying for this okay. weekend, and I'm going to jump into some Indy 500 talk before we jump into some NASCAR talk. I was out at the Indy 500 with mm-hmm. our family, Valvoline. Renee and I are a part of the Clutch Crew, which is a crew of automotive race enthusiasts Right, that we have a group with Valvoline. I don't know if I explained that right. It's the Clutch Crew, self-explanatory Clutch Crew. But nonetheless, we all went out to Indianapolis for the 500. And let me just tell you, if you have not been to Indianapolis, it is one of the better tracks. And if you have never been to an Indy 500 race, you got to get to one and knock it off your bucket list. Yeah, It is billed as the greatest spectacle of racing. Mm-hmm. I'm a NASCAR girl, so I can't co-sign on that, but I will say it is fantastic. And this was the 101st running of the Indy 500. So there was a lot going on. I mean, one of the reasons why I don't like IndyCar racing, because I feel that there isn't a lot of passing and it's just, uh, and it's kind of hard to keep up with the drivers because unlike NASCAR, IndyCar does not promote the driver's numbers on the cars. So it's like you see the cars coming around and you're like, you know, if you're someone like me who doesn't follow the sport, you're like, okay, wait, what driver was that? But saying all that to say, this race had passing, it has star power, it had everything. Scott Dixon, who sat on the pole, he actually got in a really, really bad accident, but he was able to walk away. Thank God for that. I can't say enough about the race. It was awesome. And on top of all that, IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, they actually did an exhibition for AJ Foyt. And I know our listeners know who AJ Foyt is. 
I am not a fan from those days or from that era, but I knew who AJ Foyt was because my favorite driver, Tony Stewart, rocked and rode in the number 14 to honor his hero, who was AJ Foyt. On that note, I will tell you the entire weekend, I kept saying, Tony Stewart has to be here. I just could not see him not being there. And someone was like, oh no, he's going to be at the Coke 600. I said, yeah, he's going to be here in Indy. And sure enough, he came to Indianapolis. Wow. And how did I find out? Because I saw his girlfriend. And oh, I was like, that's right. That looks like Tony Stewart's girlfriend. And then I was like, where's my man? Not her man. Where's my right, man? Exactly. Yeah. And then he came. And I actually had an opportunity to talk to Tony's girl. She is so sweet. She's absolutely drop dead gorgeous, but she's yeah, sweet. She is. And I saw you took a picture with her. Yeah. And, uh, I took a photo I'm with upset, her. I'm upset, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> So Tony, along with uh, Mm -hmm. one of the Wood Brothers and a bunch of other like old school drivers, they drove some of AJ Foyt's cars. They took a lap around Indianapolis Motor Speedway prior to the start of the Indy 500, which was really cool. And inside of IMS in the museum, they actually have a bunch of his cars on display. I learned so much going back to Valvoline, who I mentioned earlier. Valvoline, and I'm not trying to sell you guys, but this is just a fun fact. Valvoline was one of the first racing motor oils. So to go in the museum and see all these old school cars with the Valvoline sticker, that was pretty crazy. How awesome is that? You know, and I mean, even some of the clothing that was on display, I guess they didn't call them fire suits at Mm -hmm. that time, but I don't want to use the word outfit because I don't know if you refer to uh, outfit for yeah, I, a I don't know what the correct terminology would be for that. But uh, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Well, I think that's real quickly. I think that's what makes being part of the Valvoline team right now just that much more exciting. At yeah. least for us in this podcast. They pulled out all the stops. That's the first thing. I mean, they showed me a good time and I have so much swag. If you follow us on Twitter, occasionally we give away some of the Valvoline mechanics gloves and we've given Mm -hmm. away some of the Valvoline hats. Have a lot of swag, but it's things that I can't give away because I need to keep them for myself. And in fact, I have a bottle with some of the bricks from the Indy 500. I guess they chopped up the brick. I don't know. Do you chop up bricks? Yeah, well, I mean. I don't know. It's a brick in a jar. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Going back really quick to AJ Foyt, that I don't recall seeing AJ Foyt at the track, which was interesting. I had an opportunity to see him and Renee as well in Las Vegas when he That's came right. on stage with Tony Stewart. And that was a highlight of, the, of, of a night that just had all kinds of highlights oh, going yeah, on. Oh, yeah, because I already know what you're going to say. Oh, pass the Patron. <laughs> yeah, pass the Patron. My goodness. Because that and, uh... was when uh, <laughs> Jimmy Johnson came out with the Patron bottle and yeah. Tony was the first one to take it to the head. <laughs> yeah, and I think he ended the night with it too. Yeah, but <laughs> so we got an opportunity to see AJ Foyt then. I don't yeah. recall seeing him this trip on Mm -hmm. the track. I'm not quite sure. So don't quote me on that. But one of the other highlights of my trip was that Al Usner Jr. hosted us. And if you don't know who Al is, make sure to Google him. But I'm sure you know who Al is because he is a legendary racer. He's a part of the Valvoline family. It was pretty darn cool to walk around the track and the museum with Al And to see all these fans say, oh my God, that's Al. And Mm -hmm. to come up and actually talk to him. At one point, we were getting a 
not so much a private tour in the museum because the museum was open to fans. Right. But we were getting a special tour with Al and another guy who was a historian when it came to IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And as they started to see Al, we went from having a group of maybe 15 to looking up and it was 30 people standing around while we were getting this history lesson wow, because they were like, up quick. yeah, they were like, wait, that's Al. That's Al Unster Jr. <laughs> and he's speaking. What does he got to say? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I mean, again, I just can't say enough. That's Thank awesome. Thank you to I, Valvoline. Yeah. I'm actually really jealous that you went and got to experience that in person. It's like uh, something that I know that I really need to experience for myself on a personal level, just as... It was the first time in Daytona for me at the beginning of the year. I definitely want to get to the Indianapolis 500 and see that Indy race. Renee's so politically correct. He said Indianapolis 500, yeah. Indy 500, Indy 500. Indy 500. We just say Indy. Yeah. I'll answer would have been cool. Yeah. With that being said, I guess it's time to talk about some NASCAR. Let's do it. Sunday, the greatest day in racing. The day started off with the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix. We went from Europe to the United States, and then it was the Indy 500, and then we went from the Midwest in the United States to, is Charlotte considered the East Coast or a Midwest? Well, it's definitely not the Midwest. Yeah, I will say East Coast, but more South, yes. Yeah, and then we went to Charlotte. We personally didn't do that, but- Right. The TV cameras did. Yes, exactly. Well, I will tell you, I had a conversation with someone because, as you all know, some NASCAR drivers in the past have raced in the Indy 500 and then hopped on a private plane and yeah. gone to- And or helicopter. Well, I don't think a helicopter. Can you take a helicopter I, that yeah. far? I, well, I thought I saw Kurt Busch getting into a helicopter once, and I thought it was when he was leaving the Indy, heading over to- Charlotte. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago, but I don't know if it's a helicopter. Uh, well, we'll double check on that. Well, if you guys want to double check on yeah, that, you please double let check. us know. I don't know. It's not that serious to me. Right. But saying all that to say, I kept thinking like, wouldn't it be cool? And if is it even possible to go to Monaco and go to the Grand Prix Formula One and then hop on a plane and go to Indianapolis and then hop on a plane and go to Charlotte? I think it's feasible because of the time difference. Well, if you put it in a situation like, and you would know this, Tam, just as much as I do, because we listen to this music and we talk about it all the time. These EDM DJs, basically do the same thing. Yeah. I have literally, because I follow some of these DJs on Instagram and I watch their stories and they're literally, Tim, they're going from, I believe it was Martin Garrix, not uh, like just a couple of days ago. He arrived in Mexico somewhere, did the gig, got on the plane, said goodbye, Mexico. Then the next storyline was, hello, Vegas. He's at Vegas, three o'clock in the morning at 4.30, he's getting on another plane saying, bye Vegas. It's completely doable. So yes, I think, yes, it well, can be done. Well, it's completely doable when you have money and private jets exactly. and helicopters. <laughs> that always helps, so right? we don't have either. No. Well. That'd be nice though. Maybe one of these days. One day. So. Yeah, maybe one of these days, guys. On the EDM note, I don't even know if I should talk about it now because I know you guys are like, wait, are they going to talk about NASCAR? Yeah. But I do <laughs> want to talk about the snake pit at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. If you don't do anything else after you stop listening to this show, not now because we want you to finish listening, make sure to jump over to Twitter because there is an account. The Twitter handle is Indy500Pick, P-I-C-S, that has all the photos. And when I say these photos are amazing, they're amazing, funny. Okay, think Walmart photos. Times 10. 
<laughs> These are photos from the Indianapolis 500 snake pit. And if you don't know and I'm not aware, Indianapolis does a series of concerts, one Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I believe on Saturday is country night. Not quite sure what's on Friday. Maybe Friday is country. But each day the music changes, so they offer some type of music for everyone. But on Sunday is EDM. They have what they call the snake pit, and it's thousands of people in the snake pit jumping around. Just so happened it rained, so they were jumping around in the mud. On that note, you already know, mud, drunken people, beer. Yeah, the photos are absolutely crazy. I took a walk over to the snake pit. (laughs) I was mesmerized. In fact, I I wanted to jump in. Not in the mud, but I definitely wanted to jump in the snake pit. Yeah, and start dancing. Now, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but it's amazing how the racing world in general has somehow embraced EDM music into their world because never in a million years, I think people would go, why would there be EDM music at a race? You understand what I'm saying with that? You know where I'm going? It's crazy. The snake pit is built in the infield of Indianapolis. It's pretty crazy because unless you know it's there, you would not know it's there. Yeah. And as I was walking towards it, I was like, where is the snake pit? I didn't hear the music. And then as I got closer, I said, holy crap, it is a whole nother world going on in the infield. But it also just proves how big these racetracks are. Oh, that's right. That's what I was uh, telling you even before we started recording too. Because remember, and I don't know if any of you guys out there listen to EDM music. And if it's not your style of music, I totally understand. But a lot of these EDM concerts are done at racetracks. The one in Las Vegas, which is EDC, one of the biggest ones is at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Some of the ones we have here in Southern California are at the Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. These racetracks are huge and they're perfect for these concerts. It's amazing. Well, I know Leonard Skinner had performed before the Coca-Cola 600. As we transition and really get into some NASCAR talk, it would be awesome to see something like the snake pit at a NASCAR race. Oh yeah, totally. And to be perfectly honest, let's face it, those kids, because that's what was over there at the snake pit, I feel as if their parents were at the race and they were over (laughs) in the (laughs) snake pit. Partying, dancing their butts off. But it brought a different audience to the track. So as NASCAR is trying to grow the sport, this could be the answer. Yeah, it it definitely could. I mean, it takes a lot of money, I'm sure, to pay these artists and to put Mm -hmm. on a production like that. But it could be worth it. It it could be worth it in the end. I'm sure the tickets paid for everything. Now that we finally have jumped into some NASCAR talk, let's jump into the Coca-Cola 600. Austin Dillon won. Yes. Did not see that coming. <laughs> I don't think anybody picked that. I don't even think anybody but Austin Dillon and his crew already knew they were going to win that race. I mean, it's just the way that the cards fall. And, you know, it's the roll of the dice. I mean, Jimmy Johnson pretty much had that until he ran out of gas because he was going to win that race. And as soon as that car stopped because he was running out of gas, Austin Dillon took over and had just enough. He was running on fumes too, but had just enough to hold off Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. to win that race. And congratulations to the number three, first and foremost. Come on, let's let's just put it out there. Austin Dillon wins his race. And I mean, it's just one of those things where you go, hey man, you applaud him, you pat him on the back and you say, great job. But believe it or not, one of our 
followers on Twitter dug up an old tweet from March 19th. The tweet reads, the young NASCAR drivers are showing up. Who will win a race first? Hashtag NASCAR goes west. That tweet was from us. Again, that was on March 19th. And considering we use the hashtag NASCAR goes west, I'm assuming we were probably in Las Vegas or Phoenix. Probably somewhere or else get, too. Yeah, uh-huh. or possibly going to well, our been, home track. Yeah, it could have been uh, Montana. Montana. This tweet had some options. We gave our followers an option to pick Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, or Austin Dillon. And the reason why I'm reading this tweet, the sole reason why, is because only 3% of you, as in you all, the listeners, the followers, only 3% of you guys said that Austin Dillon was going to win a race first. (laughs) Now, granted, Kyle Larson has already won two races. Mm Mm-hmm. But Kyle only got 21% of the vote. Ryan Blaney has been very close to winning a race, but he still hasn't won a race. He got 18% of the vote. So that leaves Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott actually got 58% of the vote. Yeah. And he still hasn't won a race. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? It's actually kind of sad. Yeah. You know what? Because I, he was rookie of the year. He's the star of the young. Exactly. Young. I, I mean, well, Kyle it, Larson. Right. And is it sad? Is it disappointing? I think it's both. Heck, I think if you ask Chase Elliott, he'd probably agree that it was both. That's so bizarre that out of all of them, Austin Dillon. I uh, mean, and he won the Coca-Cola uh, 600, the most yeah. grueling race of them all. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get in the top 10. This has actually been a really interesting episode because we have yet to really kind of dig deep into some NASCAR yeah. talk, but there's more to life than NASCAR. <laughs> oh no. no Did I isn't. say that? No, there isn't. <laughs> okay. So the top 10 from the Coca-Cola 600, we had Austin Dillon. He came home with the Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Kyle Busch, all he does is not win <laughs> in this particular case. Right. Because it's a lot going on with Kyle Busch. And I guess we'll talk about the mic drop in yeah, a bit. Yeah, we'll get that in a second. So Kyle Busch came in second. Martin Truex Jr., third. Matt Kenseth, my quiet assassin, fourth. Denny Hamlin, quietly in fifth. Kurt Busch in sixth. Eric Jones, the young guy in seventh. Kevin Harvick in eighth. Ryan Newman. Hey, Ryan. Ninth and junior finally had another top 10. One thing I would like to add about this race is that I got back in my hotel just in time to see the race and I was so excited and I was so tired and I was like, I can't, I need a nap. And then I took a nap. Yeah. Then I woke up, I took another nap. I woke up, took another nap. (laughs) And then when I woke up and saw Danica was leading, I thought I was hallucinating. Oh my God. And I I got on Twitter to see what was going on. And then I sent something out from our Twitter account. And of course, people were like, no, she didn't pit. That's why she's leading. I was like, okay. And it was almost like a calmness came over me and I was like, okay, I can close my eyes again. I know that sounds whack, but (laughs) so then I went back to sleep, woke up, Getting to the point of my multiple naps, 600 miles is grueling. Mm -hmm. And it's even worse when you're trying to sleep, but you know you need to watch the race. So I woke up for the last time with 10 to go. So I saw all the action with Jimmy Johnson running out of gas. And then, of course, I watched the race on the replay the next morning. Some notables that did not finish in the top 10, my guy Clint Boyer, actually, he had a top 20 
finish. He came in 14th. And Jimmy, who was literally almost our winner, came in 17th. There was a really crazy accident that I was able to see. And that was with Chase Elliott and mm-hmm. Brad Kozlowski, who both finished 38th and 39th, respectively. I didn't really understand that accident. I think it was just a bunch of oil on the ground or something, but yeah. it, it was pretty crazy. And it started with Jeffrey Earnhardt, who I think something happened with his rear end or something. Yeah. But it, it ended up, I guess, causing the accident between Chase and Brad. One of our followers on Twitter sent a direct message to us asking us why doesn't Jeffrey Earnhardt race for Junior? And I was explaining to him because Jeffrey is racing in Cup and Junior's team, Junior and Kelly, as in Dale Earnhardt Jr. and mm-hmm. Kelly Earnhardt, their team is in Xfinity. Right. But saying all that to say, we had a brief discussion about equipment and just some thoughts that kind of ran through my mind. Would Jeffrey Earnhardt be better if he was in better equipment? It's possible. I mean, anything can happen when you have better equipment. So, I mean, who knows? I would think so. I would hope so. It'd be nice to get Jeffrey Earnhardt a little bit more into the mix of being up there at the top. But I mean, it's it's just one of those things like, well, you don't know unless you have it. So here's another question. And you don't have to give me an answer, but he's an Earnhardt. But does anybody care? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Yeah, I yeah, don't that, feel that like... Yeah, that is a tough... I mean, yeah. you're not only following in seniors' footsteps, but now you're going to have to follow in juniors. That is just but two huge like shoes to, is, to fill. Because I feel like he's last name only. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, I, to, not to be rough on the no, young guy, No, of course but not. And no disrespect like to Jeffrey, but I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just last name only. Right. Okay, point standing, since we just gave you the top 10... And we're going to go through this really quick. Martin Truex Jr. now is in the number one spot. You mean Kyle Larson is not number one? No, because (laughs) Kyle Larson, he did not finish the race. It was the first time that he did not finish a race all year. Okay. So Martin Truex, who came in third, did finish the race. And he's led six stages so far this season. So he took Larson out the number one spot, but it's only by six points, Points, right? which is crazy. So Larson's in second, Brad Kozlowski is in third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Kyle Busch fifth, Jamie McMurray quietly. And I always use this word quietly. And, and if you don't understand why, when I say quietly, it's no fanfare. Jamie mm-hmm. McMurray really is in sixth and we don't really hear his name often. Chase Elliott is still in seventh place. And we have Jimmy Johnson in eighth place, Clint Boyer in ninth, and Joy Logano in tenth. What's pretty crazy is that Ricky Stenhouse, Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, and Austin Dillon have all won races this year, and they're not in the top ten. Right. Chase Elliott, who has not won a race, is in seventh. So again, we can't stress this enough. It's going to be really interesting to see how this point stuff pans out towards the yeah the end of the year. I think you're right. Because even though Austin Dillon won the Coca-Cola 600, he's not even in the top 20 in point standing. That's so bizarre. But okay, that's the way it goes. I want to talk about this Kyle Busch mic drop thing. Okay, well, I'm going to drop the mic right in on you. Like, I get it. I'm watching this and I'm listening to it. And you can tell by just his body language. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't even want to be bothered. You know, <laughs> I mean, he has got every bit of don't ask me 
anything, but they have to ask him something. And he responds with what he responded with. And I mean, at least he said, you know, hey, congratulations to kind of like in a half-ass kind of way. But that is Kyle Bush. Love him or hate him. You got to just deal with it. And I thought what was so funny was when you showed me the tweet on Periscope that Dale Earnhardt was doing. And how funny was that? That was just hilarious. D- Dale Jr. is just laughing his butt off. And rightfully so. And I think I was laughing harder at Dale Jr.'s reaction than <laughs> Kyle's Kyle's response to the question in general. It was so funny. You know, and I know this kind of was a, a story, uh, some of the sports network, but God, it just, it's so bizarre how angry he is. And he's very angry. He's disappointed. Disappointed, kind of, kind of like what we were talking about with Chase Elliott. I mean, here's Kyle Busch. He's used to being in victory lane, and he has yet to win a race this year, and he hasn't won a race in a very long time. It's frustrating to a guy like Kyle Busch because, like I said, here's a guy who's used to being in victory lane, you know, all the time, and you know what? It's not happening. Kyle Busch is crazy, and I love it. I don't care. And I guess we, at some point, need to talk about our fan comment of the week. Mm -hmm. But just before we even get to that point, I'm going to let you guys know now we have a bunch of people tweeting us with their opinions about Kyle Busch. Honestly, everyone has and is entitled to their own opinion. I am going to go on record as agreeing with Dale Jr., I thought it was, and I'm not going to use the word Dale use Mm -hmm. because he used a word that starts with an S and ends with a T. Mm -hmm. I thought the S-T was funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, NASCAR needs Kyle Busch. Oh, my goodness. Bump what you heard, as the old folks would say. It was funny to me. It really is. And I think everybody has their own different personality. I mean, Kyle Bush is Kyle Bush. Joey Logano is Joey Logano. Jamie McMurray is Jamie McMurray. Brad is Brad. And that's why I think a lot of times, you know, when, when you talk about personalities, this is why I really sometimes hate that Tony Stewart is gone because that is one personality that I think NASCAR really, really misses. I miss that guy's personality myself. Well, we're missing passion. Yeah. And not to say that the drivers aren't passionate. So I guess I shouldn't say it like that, but we're missing, it's almost like we're missing emotion. Yeah, a little bit. I like, mean, the only emotion we get is from Joey Logano, Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like it's only those two. No, I think like, you're right. Dude, Jimmy Johnson ran out of gas and then he stepped to the mic and was like, well, yeah. Like, what? Like, I want to see you. I know. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want, I don't, well, we know Jimmy is not Kyle Bush. Right. But, dude, you were there and you ran out of gas and then there seems to be some miscommunication with you and Chad, your mm-hmm. crew chief, as to what was the strategy. I want to see you mad, yeah. not politically correct. Right. Now, but- I don't want you to be <laughs> dropping mics all over the place. <laughs> Because only Kyle Busch can drop the mic the way he did. Well, I was kind of jealous. I've never even done a mic drop. <laughs> not oh, even like that. The next time you go on stage, do one. But you know, then I, I don't know. Do well, well do they don't get it. They're not NASCAR fans. They may not get it. But uh, I might just do it just to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, Obama did a mic drop. Um, he Obama did do a mic drop. Okay. I know some people out there that follow Trump at this point don't. Tune out. Oh, yeah. Don't, we're, don't we're tune just, out. We're just, we're just making a reference. We're just yeah. making a we're, reference. We're not, we're not endorsing anybody here. We're just making a reference. <laughs> okay. Next page. You know, there's been a lot of talk in the rumor mill. 
I don't even know if I should go there, but I will tell you all that this weekend while I was in Indianapolis, I hung out with a couple of people here, hung out with a couple of people there, met up with a couple of people over here, talked to a couple of people over there. And these are all well-placed people in the motorsport industry. And boy, there's a lot of talk as to who's going to be in that number 88. I, I don't even feel that I should go there, even though I want to go there. But I'll just throw some names out that I heard that were circulating, going to Hendrick. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to say what, who, why, where. But I'm going to throw out Kyle Larson's name, mm -hmm. Matt Kenseth's name, Carl Edwards' name, Alex Bowman, but not in the 88 name. Well, there you go. I'm just going to leave it at that. Because as, oh, yeah, what was it? In Living Color? I ain't wanting to gossip. <laughs> right. But here it is. <laughs> okay. So we didn't even call that gossip. We just called that the rumor mill. Right. What else is going on in NASCAR? We what got some hot topics going on. Hot topics. Well, I don't know if this is a hot topic, but I want to know why did people get married at the NASCAR race and well, what was up with the tiny houses? Okay. Well, here's the thing about the tiny houses in the Charlotte Observer, which is uh, one of the uh, major sources that we get a lot of these informations from. Because they have good stories. They really do. And even Off though- Offbeat stories. Right, not right. Not so much driver did this on the track. They really have some good stories. Mm -hmm. These two stories were really, really awesome. Well, at least they're pretty interesting here. One of them was um, a gentleman who uh, him and his wife came and they brought their little tiny house. It's a 235 square foot camouflage tiny home, 580 miles from his home in Noblesville, Indiana, just north of Indianapolis. And uh, they brought it to the campground at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the May races. Now, the reason why this was so interesting is because that they parked it really close near the uh, media where a lot of the media was. And it caught the eye of a lot of people. So the Charlotte Observer did a quick story on it. Now, apparently this guy builds these small little homes. And, and the only reason why I know a little bit about this, Tam, is because um, I happened to just be at a buddy's house and I was too exhausted to even try to change the channel. So we, <laughs> we were we were both just exhausted from the night before because we had I had a show. Because he was partying. Right, exactly. We had a show and then we were partying a little bit afterwards. But- we're sitting there watching this show, which uh, has all these, where you build houses and stuff. I don't know like the name HGTV. of the- HGTV. Yeah, like HGTV. That's exactly what it was. And there's a show on there called Tiny Luxury Homes or something like that. It's basically the same thing where these people build these little luxury homes that you can haul places. And this guy had one, not built by the people that do it on that show, but he builds his own. He's been building it for years. But he hauled that little home to the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and he's been going to the races for the last, I think, 15 years. With the tiny home? Yes. And you sure about that? No, uh, not with the tiny home, but he has been attending the okay, May races for about 15 years. I the tiny years. home's been out yeah, that uh, long? He just decided to haul this tiny house out there th this year, uh, him and his wife. They sat there and did their own little party back there and, mm -hmm. you know, their little... Um, Tailgating. Uh, tailgating. And a lot of people took a liking to it. And I thought it was actually really, really kind of cool because, uh, I mean, if you look at it, because actually, Tam, we're looking at it right now. Yeah, it looks but, like camouflage. Yeah, it's it's definitely like camouflage. And if you guys get to uh, get a chance, Google this. And it's really, really, really awesome. I mean, I wouldn't but recommend yet, living in there. but Don't um, Google it. Go to our Twitter account. We'll yeah, post it on Twitter. Right, exactly. And uh, you guys, uh, you, you can you can go to our Twitter account at Turns No Breaks. And please look at all the stuff that we have on there. 
it's really, really interesting how this home was built and it's really gorgeous inside. But I mean, look at that. Is I could I would love to tailgate at something like that. That's that, all it's good for is tailgating because I don't want to live in a exactly, tiny house. Exactly, exactly. We're from California, the home of the SUV. <laughs> we like everything big. That's right. I want you to tell me about these people getting married. Right. So there at were the race. Tam, there were three couples that got married at the race track this past weekend. And it's amazing anytime anybody gets married at a sporting event. They did it before the race started. They did it in Victory Lane. Yes, they stayed for the race. But the thing that is so good about this and what makes it a feel-good story is that they were all military people. And, and two of them were wounded uh, soldiers that were wounded in the Iraqi war back in 2006. And I think it just kind of like, and it really went in with the whole thing that uh, the race was- Memorial uh, Day weekend. Yes. I mean, it was so perfect. And to have that done there and, and just to have everybody just kind of like seeing that happen. I mean, what a way to start the race. I come from a, a little bit of a military background myself. Not that I was in the military, but my brothers were in the military. My father's in the military. My grandfather was in the military. And so I have a personal connection with that. When I see stories like that, it really makes me feel good. It warms my heart. And you know what? Like Tam said, go and take a look at our Twitter account and we'll have some of these uh, stories posted in pictures. Great stories, but I'm going to be honest. If my future husband is listening to this, we're not getting married at a NASCAR race. <laughs> I love yeah. me some NASCAR, but no. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where you go, okay, yeah. I mean, I love football, but I can't see myself getting married at a football. Well, I can't see myself getting married Sorry, again future in husband, the first place. But no NASCAR races, and don't propose to me on the <laughs> jumbo trying either. You may get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I've you never understood that, but yeah, I get it. You never know. You never know. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's time for our fan comment of the week. And <laughs> Lay it on we'll us. Get into some predictions. I don't even know where I want to go with our fan comment of the week. I was on the NASCAR Reddit board. There's so much going on over there. Mm -hmm. So I said, maybe we should take a fan comment from our beloved Twitter account. But it was just so much sad. And thank you all for the constant tweets. We love to talk NASCAR, so we appreciate when you tweet us your opinions, whether we agree with them or not. Right. We will retweet them, especially if they're as funny as some of the comments we've gotten in the last two days. Yeah. And you know, it's just like we always talk about, Tam, you know, this is a podcast, you know, for fans by fans, and uh, we really do appreciate your input. So I guess I'm going to Beat a dead horse. Mm -hmm. No, I don't even like to say it like that. Yeah, just beat it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. What is the correct term? Beat a dead horse in the head? Oh, well, I, you don't want to be redundant. Okay. How about that? So, yeah, I, I don't want to be redundant like Renee just said, but I have to read some Adele Jr.'s tweet. Do it. I love it. We're going to actually spend maybe three minutes reading some comments. But I have to read Dell's tweet, and I'm sure all you have seen it by now, but I just have to read it again. Dell tweeted Kyle Bush and said, don't change Kyle Bush. The sport needs personalities, all types. Right. And somebody in response to Dell wrote, and this guy's name is Kyle Robertson. His user on Twitter is at TravelPro88. So clearly he's an 88 fan. He tweeted and said, at Dell Jr., at Kyle Bush, I agree the sport needs all types of personalities, but that was just plain rude. Showed absolutely no class. Can't see you ever doing that. 
and Junior because Junior lately is letting it all hang out. Mm-hmm. Junior being Junior. Junior responded to the guy and said, we all can't be politically correct robots. If you don't like him, that's perfectly fine. But that S-H-I-T was funny. And it was. I was entertained. <laughs> Dale Jr., we were entertained too because we can't, we're still talking about it. We talked about this exactly. 10 minutes ago. And, and Kyle, you know what? I'm, we're going to tell you too. I, we were entertained by your press conference just as much as we were as entertained Earnhardt being entertained by you. It was funny. Okay. So changing notes mm-hmm. a little bit because there are so many tweets and I guess we'll go through our tweets. And as I'm reading some of these tweets, oh God, tweet, tweet, tweet. I know. And before we get back on the Kyle Bush, if we get back on the Kyle Bush, because we have some other tweets to read. Mm-hmm, right. Oh God, I done said the word tweet. Okay. I'm getting to the point. I'm sorry. We posted another poll because yeah, we love posting polls. And this poll was simple. It says, does Seeing the number three in Victory Lane still have the gleam and luster it once had, or is it just another number? Hashtag NASCAR. 23% of you guys said yes. 30% said it's just another number. 11% said, I don't care. I don't care. You know Mm -hmm. that song? I don't know. Not sure. And then (laughs) uh, you just don't know my singing. Right. 36% said, glory days are long gone. Renee, what do you think about the number three? Uh, I'm going to agree with the uh, very last one. Glory days are long gone. This is a new era. I think the sport has obviously changed from back when the number three was in its glory days. That's just part of life. That's part of the sport. And it's good to see the number three back in victory lane. But those glory days are long gone. And let's give Austin Dillon his time to shine. And let's let Austin Dillon create his own path and his own story. That's, That's the way why I, I see don't it. think he should have been in the number three. I know that you the know number what? That, was you're absolutely right. owned by his granddad mm-hmm. and that it was dear to his granddad's heart. But that number, as one person tweeted us and said, the number, and this came from Rose and Mike, the user is at Rose and Mike, <laughs> said, should have been retired forever, yeah. as in the number three. And I 100% agree. I just, did not feel that we talked about this on one of our first podcasts that it should have came back and not that Austin doesn't have the moxie Mm -hmm. to drive in the number three. It's just a, it's like being a junior. Sometimes it is hard to live up to the last name. Right. In this case, he's living up to a number driven by a man who was known as the intimidator, who many consider one of the sport's greatest in terms of driver, personality, everything. Yeah. Austin could never fill the shoes of the number three. Yeah. I don't care if he wins 10 championships. And I know he's young. And that's why the number should have stayed retired. Right. Right. Totally. I don't believe in juniors, but just FYI, if I had a son, I would never name my kid junior because I think kids need a fresh start in life. And I understand some people feel you Trying to carry the name. Yeah, but I'm one of a kind. Yeah. I have a unique first name, my full first name. I don't ever say it on the podcast because (laughs) it's one of those names that people are like, what? Yeah, and then you're going to go, okay, and now I know why she doesn't say it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a beautiful name, but it's just one of those names that people have a hard time trying to figure out. Right. And then I have a very 
unique last name in the sense that it belongs to me and nobody else in my family. And there's a whole long story behind that, but I am truly one of a kind. Yeah. And I don't have to live up or fill anybody's shoes other than my own. Right. So that's what I think sometimes when you name your kid Junior's Dale Jr. went through it. Yeah. I mean, he had one of the most famous or has one of the most famous names in the world. Yeah. And but you know, look what he's done. He's he's actually created but his But now own. Yeah. he's coming to his yeah. own. Totally. So really quick, I'll just pick two more comments. Someone says, I guess I just don't understand how the crowd went ape S H I T when senior crashed someone, but when Joey Logano does it, they want him suspended. Okay, I don't know what that comment has to do with the number three, but well, hey, it was yeah. an interesting okay. comment. All right. Because it is true, but it's a different era. Right. So let's see. Uh, 48 Rules says, I think most NASCAR fans think there's just something special about the number three. Even if you don't like Dale Sr., the three car is, and is was in capital letters, a special number. Yeah. This is true. It just goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And it's just one of those things where you go, okay, do certain numbers need to be retired? Maybe this could be another poll question that we could put on our Twitter account. And uh, we'll definitely put something up there for you guys to uh, respond to. But some of these numbers, should they be retired? I feel like we talked about this before yeah, because yeah, I think the question came up is should the 88 be retired? And of course, we got a lot of pushback. I remember last year, people went in complete. Ape right, S-H-I-T yeah. mode because they felt like, what did Dale Jr. do for I the know. 88 to be retired? <laughs> it's not so much about the skills, it's the persona. Right. So, okay, let's get on right. to some predictions because I'm still scrolling. Predictions. And I think Here I could go. probably go on and on with the comments. One comment I do want to say, Ray Robertson his user is at SGT underscore S-T-I-N-G-R-A-Y as in Sergeant underscore Stingray. He writes 30 years ago and a few million dollars less and he'd be a fan favorite. It's not how the drivers behave, it's how they got to where they are. And that was in regards to Kyle Busch. Sorry, we're all over the place. It's just so many comments this week. People had a lot to say about Kyle Busch, about the number three, but that one I just wanted to read. Okay, predictions, Renee. Who you got? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Okay, so I'm going to stick with my guns as far as like, well, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to go number four, Kevin Harvick wins this week. Dark Horse? Dark Horse, Jimmy Johnson. Okay, that's Renee's picks and he's sticking I'm to sticking it. I'm sticking with it. That's what I'm going to go with. So while he's sticking to that, I'm going to give you the past 10 winners really quick. And we're at Dover, if you didn't know. 2016, Matt Kenseth. And we, want, we actually run twice at Dover each year. So this is the first race of the year at, at Dover. Matt Kenseth, 2016, won, came home with the checkered flag. 2015, Jimmy Johnson. 2014, Jimmy Johnson. 2013, Tony Stewart, 2012, Jimmy Johnson, 2011, Matt Kenseth, 2010, Bush, as in Kyle Bush, 2009, Jimmy Johnson, 2008, Kyle Bush, 2007, Martin Truex Jr. We've been racing at Dover since 1969. That's a many, Long many, time. many years. Interesting, notable 
patterns, I guess you can say. Jimmy Johnson is a 10-time winner at Dover. Nobody's close. Not know, anyone I, that's I, racing maybe currently. I should, maybe I should change my dark horse to uh, Well, you to already Kevin gave Harvick. your picks. No, I'm, go, yeah, I'm going to stick with it. So Matt Kenseth is a three-time winner. Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. are both two-time winners. And because all Kyle Busch does is win in the Xfinity race, of course he's a five-time winner in the Xfinity race at Dover. Joey Logano's a four-time winner at the Xfinity race in Dover. And my man, Clint Boyer, and yes, I've been heavy on the Clint Boyer comments because I just feel it. He has a win coming. He's a two-time winner in the Xfinity league. Like, we hardly ever talk about Clint winning. Well, but Clint he, has won, and he will win again. Well, he needs to win, like, currently. So then we can talk about <laughs> I'm going to keep my pick simple. I really want to pick Kyle Busch to win. But I feel like Kyle Busch needs another week to cool off. So I am going to pick Matt Kenseth, my quiet assassin, as my pick to win the race because I feel like Matt has just kind of been there. Nobody's paying attention to him because he's not punching anybody in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'm no kidding. But Matt is on the verge of a breakout, so I'm going to pick Matt Kenseth as my winner and Jimmy Johnson as my dark horse. All right. Well, there you go. Those are our picks. What are your picks? Who you got this weekend? Let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter page, Facebook, and our Instagram account. This is a podcast for fans, by fans, like we always say. We always appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to every week. You can find me across the board at It's Renee Garcia, Tam. At I Am Sincerely Tam. And you know what? Once again, please subscribe to our podcast, rate, review it. Give it to somebody that you know is a NASCAR fan just as much as we are, just like you. And you know what? We will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 